Microphone check. One, two, one, two. Oh, yeah, that's right. Joe Button. How many emails you want to take on that, Rez? Yeah. Speak between the lines. Episode 25. Oh, it's 25. Yep. Halfway up. It's 25, bro. Quarter of a century. 25, man. We in there. All right. So we got a momentous episode here. We are ready. Uh, excited. It's your boy Rez in the building. Joined with J-Rock. King Avis in the building. And we have a special, special guest. Special guest. Indeed we do. In the house. All the way from, man, many, many states over. Yes. The superstar. The legend. Uh-oh. The incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Build it up. Build yes, it up. Yes. The one and only once in a generational talent, Miss Jasmine Sweet. Well, yes. that was an amazing introduction. That was. I am Jasmine yes. Sweet, like something you eat. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Quick with it. So we are excited uh, about this episode. Uh, we are uh, going to get straight into the business because we have a lot to discuss. Uh, first of all, would you mind just kind of sharing with the audience a little bit about yourself before we uh, tee it off? Yeah, so like I said, I'm Jasmine Sweet, like something you eat, and that is my <laughs> new brand. Um, today we're going to talk about entrepreneurship, so I'm just going to give a little bit of background as to where I started and where I am now. I actually run a lifestyle blog and blog, and I started both of those uh, nearly eight years ago to wow. date. And <laughs> wow. ring the bell. That's nice. Longevity. So, yeah, longevity, consistency, a lot of hard work, perseverance, tears, and motivation from my husband. And eight years later, I have turned it into a money-making machine. So uh, I ain't mad yeah. at it. So, hmm. so we're going to, of course, we're going to um, dive into just what it takes to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just curious question, like, how did you know individually that you wanted to venture out? Mm-hmm. Like in the first place, mm-hmm. I actually went to school for broadcast journalism. So I okay. thought that ah. I wanted to be a news reporter and I always had an interest in a lot of different things from politics to business, um, social media, marketing and beyond. And I just knew news reporting was not going to allow me the opportunity to explore or talk about or market any of these things to the general public. News right. is going to sector me into one thing, which is who shot John. And yeah, I was exactly. not interested in <laughs> <Dave>. necessarily... <laughs> I just knew that I wasn't interested in necessarily covering um, stories that exploit people's lives, per se. I wanted to mm, tell stories wow. that were motivating, stories that were inspirational to people. So I segued into blogging, and that's where I can talk politics. That's where I can talk business. That's where I can talk lifestyle fashion and everything that I'm passionate about. Nice. Wow. That's actually an interesting take on the news. I never actually considered it from that perspective, but that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, our generation is transitioning away from even getting our news from the typical news stations. We're getting our news from each other. We're getting our news from eyewitnesses that are actually on the job. Exactly. We're getting our news from tweets that we share with each other, um, Instagram stories that we're sharing with each other, real-time footage. So, Mm. I mean, we trust each other more than we trust somebody acting out a story from their narrative. Um, So, the opportunity that social media gives us to tell our own stories is so powerful. And I think mm. we really have to take advantage of it and learn how to u- utilize it to the best of our ability. 
Yeah. I think one thing you'll find out too, especially with social media, I know this was when I was first, I guess, getting really into Twitter, is that when the story would break, you would find out a lot of stuff about the story on Twitter before you would mm-hmm. on CNN, on Fox News, or whatever, oh, yeah. what have you. So, And I think people also have to understand, when you are putting together what they call a package, which is a news story, you literally have to condense all of this information into maybe one minute because you've got one minute to tell a full story. Mm. And there's no way you can tell wow. a full story. Right, so the power right. of social media is you can have a full thread of um, information, like you're saying, on Twitter that tells us the location, it tells us the who, it tells us the when, it gives us all of that information because it gives us a certain amount of characters but unlimited tweets to tell that story. Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Just, I mean, and even with the blog, you can basically craft your content to tell your own narrative which is what we need to be doing anyways because I'm a firm believer that you need to be telling your own narrative before somebody else does it for you mm, so. that's facts <laughs> ring the bell for that one <laughs> well we just gonna keep ringing the bell huh no, seriously. Oh, yeah. hey, <laughs> hey anytime somebody drops knowledge <laughs> yeah so okay so let take us through that like you mm-hmm. you've you've basically gone through the long nights you, uh-huh. you've gone through you know the hard work the tears yeah. like the, the struggle uh-huh. to to come out on the other side and uh-huh. to establish yourself so what does that look like for somebody who's listening that may be thinking to themselves hey i want to venture out uh-huh. So I say go to the whiteboard. I think this is a skill that we learn when we're four or five that we don't take advantage of as adults. I say pull out your crayons, pull out your colored pencils, pull out your sticky notes, get on a blank wall and start writing out all of your ideas. Use your notes section of your phone and start writing out everything that you're interested in and start exploring those topics. Um, before Anderson Cooper made it big, CNN would not hire him on, to my understanding, full time. So he started making his own news stories kind wow. of way back in the day before we had all this access to technology and resources. Mm-hmm. And so that's how he got to where he is now. So if you're wanting to get started in the digital world, period, whether that's through being a YouTuber, um, a Twitter star or Instagram famous or whatever you want to call it, you have to first follow your interests because there's no point in exploring things that you aren't interested in. Right. So if you can't figure out what your interests are, you need to go back to what you were doing when you were four and five years old and write all this stuff out, draw it out, say it out loud, start talking to yourself, mm-hmm. which is something that I do a lot, yeah. and figure it out from there. <laughs> but I think people are afraid to go back to that childlike mentality. But even the Bible says that we have to start thinking like children Still again point. so you know it has it talks about having the heart of a child and i think we have to really hone in on that that we still have our inner child and we still yep. we can still build off of that whole childlike mentality as adults right okay wow. so i want to do a follow-up question with that because i know that you've been working on your brand you've been doing it for eight years mm-hmm. Uh, what made you decide to build your own brand versus trying to find a job mm-hmm. that you that you could find a that mm-hmm. you could work in? Yeah, because well, most people are too afraid to to jump out. And that's a twofold question, and I'm going to answer it in this way. I like I said, I graduated, thought I was going to go into broadcast journalism, realized that I was not going to be making fourteen thousand dollars a year <laughs> because that is not going to pay my bills. So that was first evaluation. Fourteen thousand. <laughs> 
I mean, the salaries are basically in the teens. Good grief. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. I think you have to evaluate, as far as a job goes, period, you got to evaluate what is going to give you some sustainability when it's all said and done. Because our end goal in this life is to live a fruitful life, but also to retire And most people can't retire. So, you know, to me, I think you have to evaluate salaries. You got to evaluate locations. I was in a long distance relationship. When my husband was in Memphis, I was living in D.C. When I moved Mm. back to D.C., um, I mean, when I moved back to Memphis, he was in Memphis and then he moved to Clarksville. And then I moved to or I moved to Louisville. Then I moved back to Memphis. Then he moved to Clarksville. So we've been in different places. So you've got to evaluate your situation financially you've got to evaluate your situation as far as your relationship goes mm-hmm. you've got to evaluate your situation as far as your own self um your own self disposition goes as well in terms of finding a job so i'm not going to discourage people from finding a job because i think in order to fund your side gig or in order to fund your brand or your passion you need a job right <laughs> you need some sort of Absolutely. funding you need some sort of clout and you're going to get that clout by being able to say, well, I have this work experience. So in building my brand, I was a marketing manager for First Tennessee Corporate. I also was a a social media manager for Humana. Um, And then I worked as a retail manager for BCBG. And now I'm a marketing manager for Meharry Medical College. But all the the while, I was freelancing Mm. for people as well. So I was writing for Huffington Post. I was writing for Forbes. I was managing two artists, one of which is an international recording artist and the other one is a Grammy award winning artist and so I think you cannot be afraid to work hold on pump pump the brakes pump the brakes you need to go through that list again the the amount of stunting (laughs) that just happened first of all shout out to Forbes shout out to Huffington Post shout out to everybody that she just listed off because I mean top tier so yes <laughs> we are in the presence of greatness. What, what did we? What did we start this episode? We're we're talking about greatness. Yeah, oh, one of a kind, are, mm-hmm. legendary. I, I appreciate that. So go ahead, continue. So yeah, back to your question of when do you decide to build a brand? I think people have to realize that a brand is a revolving thing, and hmm. so you're consistently rebranding. So when I was working at First Tennessee, and I moved, I left there and moved to Louisville, and um, I started working for Humana. I met a whole new group of people, which means I'm rebranding in that process. I think people also forget in the digital age, you have to be present in a face-to-face manner as well. Mm. A lot of the people that I met in Louisville introduced me to different opportunities, um, and they've shared my stuff more than people I've known for 20 years. Uh, Oh, yeah. We can get into that. Yeah, I think you have to be willing to... Also, um, rebrand every day. You got to be willing to rebrand every hour because now I'm to the point where I'm negotiating deals with brands and I'm going back and forth and I'm calling my husband and I'm like, well, what do you think about this? I'm sending him emails and saying, well, what do you think? I need a different perspective. And so I think you really have to be uh, resilient in dealing with the whole fact of working a full-time job. And also running your brand or building your brand. Because to me, a brand is also never 100% built. So that's true too. I think, I don't know if y'all saw, but Oprah just signed a deal with Apple. You would think she's done. Shout out to Oprah. You would think she's done. Wow. But she's been rebranding. What I'm saying, she's been rebranding. She got laid off from that station in Baltimore years ago. She went to Chicago. Um, Chicago went through several, I mean, She's gone through several different changes with that. And then she um, started acting and doing movies. And so 
now she's got TV shows. Now she's got her own network. And now she's starting to deal with Apple. Then she bought Oof. Weight Watchers. So you have to think there's like... <laughs> Wait, she's in Weight Watchers? And there's... Yeah, she owns, uh, I think, a major stake in Weight Watchers. Wow, wow. But I think you have to think like that. And so in terms of your question, you can't not have the work ethic at a full-time... You got to stay faithful to something. Right. Because mm. your brand is going to ever be changing. Right. And right. so the one thing that's going to be consistent is your check every two weeks from your job <laughs> yeah. and your health insurance from your job yeah, and job so and bills. you want to hang on to some sort of dignity that you get at a nine to five that maybe the entrepreneur life kind of knocks you down in those areas mm-hmm. you know and you gotta and that's where you build when i go to work i'm even more motivated to work on my outside things because then i'm like okay i know that this is way more lucrative Right. Mentally to me right. to work on my own things. It might not be physically lucrative at the second, but it will be eventually. Yeah. And so I think you have to look mm. at your full time job like that versus your side gig. So wow. Mm-hmm. Quick quick sidebar, because you just yeah. said something that, that kind of stuck out to me. So you mentioned the fact that, you know, working outside can be lucrative to you mentally. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you can can you kind of speak to that? Because that kind of ties into what you said initially about going back to the whiteboard and being creative. Mm-hmm. So I know some people, and I'll pass it off to you. But I know some people at work that it's almost drone like, yeah. where where they go to work, uh, they're not really on, they're not thinking. They're more on autopilot, mm-hmm. and they can't they can't really get out of that box to try something else. But can you talk to I guess about the 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 benefits of being able to be more creative and think outside the box and how that may transfer to other parts of life. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that you have to have a mental check with yourself. You get to a point where you don't have anything to lose. I know I lost my dad um, six months before we got married. And when I think about his wow. work, he, um, he ran a construction company in a small town in Tennessee. So a minority construction owner is a big yeah. thing in and of itself. When they were doing church burnings all throughout Tennessee, my daddy was rebuilding those churches. Wow. He also ran a music promotions company. And my mom did all of his bookkeeping. So she was his secretary. And then he raised five kids. So my dad played Mm. artists like Prince, Casey and JoJo, and so many other people. And then he died to me at a tender young age of 63. So when I think about him and what he would have done had he had a little bit more time, I'm just like, there are people on this earth that would kill to have the time that we say we don't have. And so I think you have to like really utilize the time that you say that you don't have and stop stop staring at the wall or staring at the computer at work and maybe start researching things that you want to get into while you're at work. I think you have to kind of check yourself out of that. Like when I'm sitting in my desk and I can't get in my mind frame to get moving for the day, I walk down the stairs walk outside look at the trees admire the birds Hmm. do whatever i need to do it sounds crazy but i got to do whatever i need to do to come back in here and get motivated so the first thing i do every day when i do get to work is read my jesus calling devotional book and i'm not gonna get all holy spirit on y'all but i will get grounded but first and foremost and then i'll have my checklist like i said if i'm sitting there and i still can't get it to 
together after a cup of coffee and I'm still in autopilot, then I'm like, all right, I physically need to go outside and get my blood flowing. Maybe I need to circle this building a couple of times and come (laughs) back in. So I think you have to be like cognizant of where you are mentally and physically and and put those, sync those together and then come back and and find your creativity. (laughs) I mean, you're not sitting at your desk for eight hours solely working on the work of a company. And if you are, you might need to reevaluate that. You might need, mm. you even though they're paying you for eight hours, you might need to <laughs> you might need to set aside an hour of personal time in those eight hours yeah. to do what you need to do. Oh my god. And you don't have to tell anybody. You don't mm. have to walk around the office telling people this yeah. is my personal time. You don't have to block it off on your calendar. Just sit there and know that this is your personal time to send emails for your outside gig or whatever it is you need to do. Right. Don't neglect your nine to five. Stay faithful to where you are, but give yourself the grace to also honor yourself. And I think people don't really honor themselves as much as they honor being at a workplace. Mm. And so you really need to like take a step back and and realize that you're another number to them, but you are number one to yourself. You are number one to your household. Your wife, your kids, all of that. You're yeah. number one. Okay, yeah. okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. want to ring that bell so bad. I want to ring that bell. It was like four times I had to stop myself. Like, okay, hold up, pump the brakes. Because I, I don't know if y'all, like, first of all, this is, this is like my favorite episode already. Listen, because I'm a, like, this is motivation. Like, I mean, you, oh my God. But I kind of picture what she's saying in like a boxing context. And like, I can imagine someone listening and she's like that coach that is telling you how to get to the next level but she hits you with the the kidney punch <laughs> it's like it's like ooh like oh yeah that was me i need to shape up so like yeah. yes keep spitting the real like i i appreciate that but i'm gonna let my 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 Padres get in here, but I, man. I said, I really had a question because you, you touched on just kind of some so of the, the companies that you've been working with or what have you. And a lot of people, they may see, because a lot of people they see on social media that, oh, they see this person's doing big now, but they don't know what type of sacrifices you went through or uh-huh. what type of things you had to do as right. far as like uh-huh. growing your business. I just want to maybe, if you could just touch on not some of the things that you had to do, but maybe just touching on like some of the sacrifices you have to make being an entrepreneur because people will see that yeah I want to do it I want to do it because this person's doing it, but they don't know exactly they may I mean they may have to do some free gigs or whatever what have you you know mm-hmm. just to get their name up there like that yeah I'll give you a prime example um, I've gotten laid off from jobs I've dealt with bad relationships with friends I've dealt with uh, just abuse of entrepreneurship where people take advantage of your services or they take advantage of your knowledge I've dealt with all of that. And I'm still learning how yeah. to t- communicate with people and tell them, okay, I charge for this because I have a giving heart. And so my heart is very, it's just hard to say no to people. So I'm still learning the art of all of that. But in terms of um, how to, I guess, dr- uh, drive that part of entrepreneurship, I think you just have to just kind of not listen to those doubts and just go do it. Say, for mm-hmm. instance, um, when I was at work one day, I just started Googling events in Nashville that I could maybe go cover because I thought I wanted to do some hosting around town. I see people on CMT hosting and doing stuff. So I was like, hmm, maybe I can go do that. And so I found uh, the National Museum of African American Music is opening in Nashville. And so they were actually doing their first ever Black Music Honors. Mm. So I emailed the lady that was doing their PR and I said, hey, can I um, 
come and cover this event on the behalf of Huffington Post because I was writing for Huffington Post at the time. And so she says, yeah, come on. So then I'm like, oh, goodness, she actually said, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, am <I> what am I going to do with this situation? So I called my best friend, Lauren. She's a, a photographer. And I was like, Lauren, I need you to come with me. They're giving us tickets. Um, Jamal, Michael Warner, whatever his name is, Jamal Warner from um, the Cosby's is going to be hosting. Oh, wow. I was like, Lettucey was hosting. Okay. What is it? Malcolm Jamal Warner, whatever. <laughs> Y'all just delete that part. Shout, shout out to Lauren, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyways, um, we get there, and um, Lauren and I, Lauren bought a full, she brought a full lighting kit. She brought her camera, and I, we both were dressed to the nines. We get out there on the red carpet, and I'm thinking, in my head, I've already belittled myself. I've already said, I'm not ready for this. Like, we're just trying something. But so, Lauren and I get out there. We set up. Guess what? We're the only ones with the lighting kit. So everyone comes wow. around us, all the press that were there, and these are professional people, come around us, um, and they start using our light from our lighting kit. And <laughs> we're like, no, this is my camera, there and this go. is my section right. of the red carpet. Right. I need you to back up. Right. Bad, bad, <laughs> so, bad, bad. You know, I think um, in terms of, like, the struggles, that's a struggle in and of itself because, right. A, we were dealing with kind of, like, inferiority um, struggles. And not only that, we were dealing with resources. Neither one of us felt like we were well-equipped to handle that situation, like, period. We were walking into that, like, complete underdogs. So in terms of, like, just some of the struggles that you're going to go through as an entrepreneur, I think you have to block out all negativity and be ready to take on any situation because that was a situation where all of these famous people were there. I mean, we interviewed the Temptations. I mean, mm. we Ooh. owned the red carpet that night and this was the first red carpet that we had ever done and this was something that I was curious about doing. Again, so I was at work taking my personal hour of the search time <laughs> see, I, see how and, I'm, that back and I'm, I'm emailing the woman and I'm like, hey, you know, can we come? And I thought she was going to say no. And so... Again, I had already put that negativity in my mind that it wasn't going to happen, but then it did happen, and I just kind of like went out there and went with it. So that's just one example. Um, in working with brands, I've been told no many times. I've been served circumstances that were way less than counterparts. I know I've been in situations where I know that they gave other people more money or they mm -hmm. gave other people more resources. Mm -hmm. There are plenty of failures. I've been in situations where I posted something on Facebook and I expected friends and family to um, share it or even comment or say, "Go, you go, girl, give me some sort of something. affirmation. Right. And I didn't get anything. And so I think... What you also have to realize as an entrepreneur is the more you put yourself out there, the more your name becomes notarized in a sense. And so when people see your name, it's not about whether they like or comment or make an action towards it, but they are familiar with it. Just like you're familiar with McDonald's, whatever city, whatever town, whatever state you go to, you know there's going to be one there because of the, fam the familiarity with it. So just like when we came to Texas, we knew Whataburger was going to be yeah, on yeah, the oh other side. That's the spot. That's the joke. That is they, the spot. They don't care whether you stop by or not. Somebody's stopping by. That's somebody right, is. Right. And so I think, you know, as far as entrepreneurship goes, you got to be willing to just face 
you got to be real in the face, whatever. And you got to stay resilient and you got to be able to take examples like the one with the National Museum of African American Music. And even when you feel like you aren't prepared to handle the situation, know that you are and know that you're, you can do it. Know that you're going to get over this hump and you're probably going to be the best out there. And that's the part that you don't even realize until you get out there. Right. You think everybody else has it together, but they don't. And that's that's you that's think actually the field a good is point. saturated, but it's not. Mm. Oh, the Jedi that, mindset. Like, you know, you think that you don't have a place in this whole world, but yes, you, you do. do. Yeah. And somebody needs to hear your story, and that's what I tell people all the time. Somebody needs to hear your story because somebody almost gave up today. Somebody almost didn't go to work today. Um, somebody almost didn't make the drive to see their friend. Somebody almost didn't pay their bills today. Somebody needed some sort of motivation to say, okay, girl, okay, guy, okay, friend, bro, whatever y'all call each other, you got this. So I think that's kind of, you know, the way I deal with my entrepreneurship struggles. <laughs> that's fine. I'm going to let J-Rock get in here, but I do have one question to go piggyback. Ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go. All right. So... <laughs> I, I know how you feel because she gives us so much, it, man. man. Right. No, 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 but there's yes is on the other side of it. I'll give you a prime example the other day. I, I have a whole Rolodex of examples. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> but I was uh, pitching to a company and I was introduced to the company by a friend and they actually worked with my friend. And so she said, this is a good opportunity for you. So she set up an initial email with the with the company and the company said, yeah, we'd love to work with you. We want to talk to you more about opportunities for X, Y, and Z. So I already had a proposal together. And Thursday or Tuesday, or was it Wednesday? Wednesday, we I get ready to go to my meeting, get there. I'm all prepared. Got my proposal printed out. I'm dressed to the nines. I'm ready to give my elevator pitch. So I walk into the meeting, give my elevator pitch, um, and 10 minutes later, she says, well, I just don't think that our company is a good fit for what you're trying to do. And I, say, <laughs> I say to myself, okay, well, how do you see my business working with your business? Because basically what I'm doing is countering her telling me that my company, my, her company is not a good fit for what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, based off of the initial emails where she says, I'm, we're ready to work with you. We'd love to work with you to do what you basically what I was meeting with her to do. Right. So what I when I showed up and I'm giving her a proposal that's well thought out when she's already told me basically, yes, this is going to work. We're going to work together. So I show up. I, I presented the paperwork. I've done everything that I need to do. I've done my research. I'm bringing you analytics. I'm bringing you a blueprint basically only 10 minutes later to be told, well, my business just isn't going to work well with your with what you have going on. Hmm. So I think, you know, in those instances, you just have to start asking questions, counter questions that almost kind of um, terrorize somebody in a polite way. Because <laughs> that's a skill. You know, that's a skill. Yeah, that's they know skill. what they're doing. Exactly. So, I mean, we neither one of us are blind. 
Neither one of us are deaf. We both know what you put in that email. We both know why you set up a meeting to talk to me today at X time. And we both know why I came in here with this proposal, why I even have a seat at this table. So for you to waste my time and tell me um, 10 minutes after I present my elevator pitch to you that we aren't going to work together, you know, I could have easily gotten discouraged. But for me, I'm just like, well, guess what? When I become Beyonce... I'm not going to have this problem. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, and I and I even think Jay-Z and Beyonce think like that. I think they're now to the point where they can say whatever they want to say. Oftentimes, I can't say what I want to say. I called my mom right afterwards. I was like, Mom, I know you don't know this man, but his name is Charlemagne the God. And Mama, he did <laughs> I was like, I called her. I was like, he has this whole thing called donkey of the day. And when I tell you, this woman belongs on the donkey wow. of the day. <laughs> So, to get back to your question, I think, you know, irregardless of whether I got a no in that instance or not, I was prepared. So, I can't say that I didn't do my part. And so, I think when it comes to failure, Mm. you have to know that you have done your part. You went to the end of the earth to do what you needed to do. You presented all the information that you needed. Yes. And not only that, just know that even if you do get a no, there's always somewhere else to go. There's millions of companies out here yeah um you know and i and i oftentimes think it has nothing to do with you it always has something to do with the other person or the the other the counterpart or whatever it's nothing to do with you so you can't internalize that and say well i didn't have myself together or i didn't you know it just didn't work out for me if and only if you had it together now, if you didn't, that's if a If you didn't story. have it together and you need to evaluate. But also something else I do is before I'm posting something, before I'm pitching to a company, sometimes um, I will reach out to Alex. I'll reach out to, I have a friend, Joya. She's a model. So before I post my pictures on Instagram, mm-hmm. I'll send her maybe five or six of the same picture, but just a different pose and lighting right. and all that. Mm. I'm like, girl, pick one. Let me know which one works for the industry. Right. I need to know. <laughs> right. So yeah. I also think you need a group of advisors around you to combat the failure so you need some advisors around you that are going to tell you girl you look crazy man that sounds crazy you know man you should have when you went in there you should have already had a location picked you should have already had your analytics pulled when you Mm -hmm. went in there what did you expect for them to say you know you need somebody that's going to give you some adequate feedback to move forward so i think you know in terms of dealing with failure that's the their mechanisms in dealing with failure. Failure is is used as a noun a lot of times, and to me, there's like a bunch of actions that go into. You better how break you it down. That's what I'm failure. talking about. So, I'm just like to me, that's how I look at it. This I'm this like, more that was masterful. This is like power, a masterful information. <laughs> like, well, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm. I came in with high expectations, and you're, you're definitely exceeding. You're definitely exceeding. Um, let me double back to the red carpet. Okay. All right. So you're on the carpet. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You said something that struck out to me when you mentioned the fact that you didn't think you were ready. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of people uh, identify with that moment. Uh-huh. And so I want to let me set this up and then I want you to react to it. So I think that there are thresholds to fear. So in your example, you're at work, you're using your one hour Uh and there's a fear that I shouldn't reach out. I shouldn't send an email or I shouldn't make this call for people. You overcame that fear. Then 
you finally get the person and you assume it's going to be a no, but then they say yes. And there's a second threshold of fear that comes over you because now you think you're not ready. So I'd like you to just speak on how you combat both levels of that. Mm -hmm. I think that every day I do daily affirmations. So to me, when I first sent that email, I was thinking to myself, again, what do I have to lose? And I think that 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 is such a simple sentence, but it is such a powerful sentence because really, what do you have to lose by sending someone an email? Mm -hmm. I mean, even if they screenshotted it and put it on social media, like at least I'm asking for an opportunity on a red carpet. I'm not asking to flip hamburgers at McDonald's right. and you're telling me no. I'm asking for an opportunity <laughs> to be to be present on a red carpet where there is power and influence and a way out for me. All so right. what do I have to lose? It's not like you're asking somebody to mow their grass. You're asking for a major opportunity. So I think to me, I just was like, well, What's the worst thing that could happen in this situation? Let me just send the email. And not in just that instance, but um, say, for instance, before we went to Coachella, I booked HP. Well, I got an email that said, hey, if you're going to Coachella, apply for this opportunity. I was like, hmm, they might not choose me, but I'm about to apply. And I actually got chosen and was one of maybe, I'd say, 15 other bloggers at Coachella with HP, a major headliner for Coachella. (laughs) So, you know, to me, I think you... I always have this um, undying, I guess, passion in me that says, well, what do I have to lose? So in that circumstance, that is my key question. And I'll reiterate it over and over again that you have to ask yourself that all the time. And then once I got on the red carpet, mm-hmm. Lauren was there with me. So back to my statement earlier, you need somebody that's going to kind of give you, give you some feedback. So right. I'm over here getting my broadcast journalism voice together. And I'm like, okay, I got to interview the Temptations and... And Malcolm Jamal Warner and the rest of these people. So I can't talk to them like I talked to Lauren. I can't talk to them like I talked to these people at work. Right. So let me get my broadcast journalism voice together. So I'm like, hey, Malcolm Jamal Warner, how are you today? And he's telling me yeah, how he's doing. And Lauren's like, well, girl, you sound like a man. Calm down. And then she's like, okay, stand over to the left, stand over to the right. Because basically when you're on a red carpet, the publicist is moving the people along. So you've got like maybe a couple of seconds to ask somebody a question. And some of the artists do not want to respond back to you in the way that you mm. think they're going to respond. I asked one of the artists, what does black music mean to her? And she said, well, black music doesn't have a color. And so I said, well, according to the first ever black honors and the black music honors that BET puts on every year but they refer to it as black music so I yeah. was asking you based off of that that stipulation I had done my research there you so go. I was prepared right. to give a stupid answer. <laughs> so I was prepared to you know whatever she said Overcome that, I was prepared yes. to yeah so she she answered me and she said well I think music is colorful you know and we continued the conversation but obviously because I knew what I was talking about she was able to keep we could keep rolling the conversation Lauren was feeling and right. you know we moved forward but when I stepped on that red carpet again I had I had already done my research I know who's there like right. you know I don't watch all the Temptation movies I 
you know, let's do this. So I think even though I had that little bit of apprehension, I also had a lot of assertion and I was like excited to embark on the opportunity. So again, in the back of my head, I'm acting on the question of what do I have to lose? So I could have easily said, well, you know what? You don't want to answer my question. I just need to move on to who who's next. Right. But, you yeah. know, <laughs> I was ready to, you know, talk about it. What what if it's not if you don't see it as black music historically or technically, then what does it mean to you? What does music mm. period mean to you? See, what I love about what you're doing uh, is one, you're sharing your story. This, this is a true life story. But um, so let's tie it into this because I'm familiar with a lot of people um today that engage in like network marketing right mm-hmm. and so we're we're more in a society now where uh it's the gig economy where everybody has a gig everybody has something else that they do outside of their full-time job and if they don't they're more or less sleeping at mm-hmm. this point um but a lot of people don't have the 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 red carpet experience but everything that you said ties into the quiet moments i can tell you countless people that are in a room by themselves and they have to make a phone call to share their opportunity with someone and they're scared and they they that moment of fear washes over them and they will not make that call and i think what you said about well what do i have to lose having that in your heart will allow people to to engage in the activity mm-hmm. second thing you said was that uh you were prepared you did your homework, even when they overcame the objection or they, they brought an objection to you. Well, I don't think black music is a color. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm paraphrasing that. But um, you you were ready. Mm-hmm. And it was almost, I'm assuming hearing the story it's like instinct, like you just it just came out because you, you had already prepared. Mm-hmm. I think that would help the common people, because a lot of a lot of us don't have that opportunity that you have because we don't step out on faith to get it. Mm-hmm. I also think you have to start talking to yourself, though. Like, I, I talk to myself a lot. I know Alex would say, huh? But he talks to himself, too. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> he just starts smiling. <laughs> He'll be in the living room having a full-fledged conversation and drawing out a whole, like, play of how this basketball play should have gone. And that's how you know oh, you have there. a remarkable yeah. mind. <laughs> no, I feel and you, so, <laughs> J.R. Smith. Yeah, yeah, and that's oh, it. Yeah. Lord. Him, we're not even going to so, talk about him. I think we got to take advantage. I'm going to save that for <laughs> Y'all going to save that for his episode. I'm going to save that. Oh, Lord. But yeah. I think you have to take advantage of the fact that you can talk to yourself. I think people that's think it's, it's crazy. They think it's crazy. Yeah. But you need to talk to yourself before I'm getting ready to go speak to somebody or speak on a panel or anything. I'm already talking to myself. I probably talk to myself on the way there before I get ready to do a phone call. Sometimes I have to do brand partnership phone calls. Mm -hmm. I've already had a full fledged conversation with myself. Um, Sometimes I'll use the microphone on my phone and talk to my phone so I can record my notes. That's how I write my blog sometimes. Because when I have a thought come over me, I need to get it down. Maybe I'm driving. Maybe I'm walking maybe i'm working out but if i can just say it to my phone then it's in there even if it's not even you know phones write whatever they want to but at least i have a mental note that it's there and i can go back and um just calculate whatever movements i'm going to make from there but Hmm. i think people don't realize the 
power of the voice within. We listen to the tiny voices in our head, but God actually gave you a big voice to use. And so mm. I think you have to, mm. <laughs> you got to listen to the big voice sometimes. Mm. Oh, Lord. Have a full-fledged conversation with yourself because mm. everybody doesn't have somebody that's going to give them what they, give them the tools, the mental tools that they need. So sometimes you got to give them to yourself, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Go ahead. Okay, because you're just asking all the questions. Uh, I'm in. You better get in where you fit in. I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm in. Go ahead, bro. Nah, man, this is a lot of fire content. I just want to. I want to ask you one thing because one thing that that kind of, I guess people go to is their why, right? Mm. You know, when someone wants to transition from their job to doing a business, there's always a why that uh-huh. that is that kind of that bridge to why they want to do something. Mm. But I don't think sometimes that somebody's why isn't strong enough. So. Uh-huh. Because you can be, like you said, you've been doing blogging and all this stuff for eight years. So do you keep your why in your mind constantly? And how do how were you able to to build a why strong enough to get you past the no's and, and past the rejections and past uh-huh. the fear of doing the phone calls or whatever, what have you? I think another one of my slogans that I live by is I refuse. I refuse to live in any circumstances less than what I want to live in. And I think that you have to have that mentality. And so that is my why. I'm not going to accept anything less than that. I'm not going to <laughs> drive what I don't want to drive. Yeah. I'm not going to, you know, and and I'm going to do whatever it is I have to do to get there. So say, for instance, if I did want to go out with my husband a few extra times this month, well, maybe I'm going to pitch to a few more brands so that we can get a couple meals <laughs> at this place. <laughs> that, so I think you have to have, and if they say no, oh, well, you know how many restaurants are out here? You know, let's move on to the next one. Do you right. know, it's just like saying goodbye to friend, bad friends or whatever. You know how many new friends I'm going to meet over this lifetime? Guess what? You know, bye. We just met yeah. Rudy. <laughs> you know, he just married my best friend of all these years. But who knew? Love you, wifey. Who knew years ago that she would bring him around? Right. You know? So I think with me, I'm just kind of like my your why consistently changes. When I got married, I have a whole new why now. I have a whole I have a husband. So this is uh, this is us. This is what we're building. When we talk about having kids all the time, that becomes um, a why. You know, I think your why consistently changes. Maybe you got laid off from your job. I got laid off from my job, and my why was I ain't finna be out here without a job, and I'm not gonna be out here without the resources that I need to get to where I'm trying to go. So in between jobs, I'm about to get a few side gigs to right. make it happen for myself. Mm-hmm. So I think even when you are down in the dumps, you still have to find a way to make it back up to the clouds, and you have to have that mentality of. I am not going to float on any less than this cloud. I know I'm going to have some pitfalls. We had a pitfall earlier today. Um, but, you know, that's fine. Alex has, you heard him earlier. Yep, he right. said, you you good? I'm good. We've moved on. Yep. We've moved on. I have three brand partnership um, emails in, that I just got within the past um, eight hours. I'm excited about those. That's my focus. I'm choosing not to focus on the bad thing that happened earlier today. So I got off of my cloud for a minute, but I'm still on my cloud. And I think you have to like accept no less than that. And that's kind of like my why. I also think even a, a new example that people can think about is Kim Kardashian, when she got um, that lady out of jail and she said that it did something to her soul, it just kind of like made her really understand her why. 
and you know, people can say what they want about that situation, but she had the influence to walk in the Oval Office and and pull it off. And, and, pull it off. Yep. and so I think when you think about your why, what do you want? Do you want to sit here and contemplate what you're supposed to be doing next, or do you want to make it happen so you so that you can get to the point where if one of your family members is going to jail, you can you can eliminate the circumstances or you can do something about it. In today's society, if you don't have some sort of influence or you don't have some sort of clout, you can't get the things that you need to get done, unfortunately. Right. And so to me, that's kind of my why. She had enough influence to walk into an Oval Office, get a lady out a week after she walked into the Oval Office, somebody who's been in jail for 20 years, wow. all because of who she is. She wow. had Jared Kushner's um, cell phone number. You know, and I think that goes to the to y'all's next blog is supporting your friends because I need to be able to call you when you're making billions and I need you to invest in my network marketing business and my blog and my new boutique that I'm trying to put in downtown Dallas. I need you to be able to like help me out and vice versa. And I think, you know, you can't really expect somebody to help you if you have not been um, supporting and cheering from the bottom. If Erica called me today and said, hey, me and Rudy need some help paying a utility bill, me and Alex would do what we had to do to help out in their household. And I think, you know, people don't, people don't even um, value the smallest level of support. And so I think when you talk about why, you got to think about all of these factors, the people, your circumstances, the life you want to live, what kind of life are you trying to envision for yourself? Do you want to drive an economy car? Do you want to drive a luxury car? Do you want your kids to have the best education? Do you want to have free time to go to your kids' games? What does your why look like? And I think that always changes. But I know one thing. I don't want to be the kind of mama that says, I can't leave um, from work to come and pick you up, baby. So I'm doing whatever I got to do right now to prepare for when we do have children so that I can be there. Wow. Before my kids are even here. I like it. Wow. That's some good stuff. I, just, <laughs> I feel like I just need like a, a breather. Like there was just so much there was just so much information and and, and great energy and I just whew, that was good. Oh thank you. That was really good. There was something I wanted to ask you, but you kept rolling, and I was just like, "Ah, oh, I lost it." But it was it was real good. Hey, it it's all in content. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, uh, we love the content. So, um, go ahead. Did you have something? No, go ahead. Um, whew, man, it's so much there. Uh, oh, let's talk about social media for a second. Okay. All right. So we're in this wave where basically uh, everybody has access to social media. Everybody can start their own whatever, like. Podcasts. I mean, podcasts are a dime a dozen now. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube videos, dime a dozen. Like Instagram. What do you say to those individuals that haven't started a business but think, okay, well, I have social media now, so I'm in business. Mm-hmm. What do you? How do you? How do you? I guess can you put in a perspective of the mentality shift you have to have from before you start the business to are you really in business? Mm-hmm. So they can self check. Mm-hmm. 
There is a self-check, and the self-check looks like, I'm going to draw it out for you, it looks like myself, and it looks like my business. And so you can't put those two together, because who I am when I'm sitting here talking to you and Erica with Alex is a completely different person that I don't even owe social media. Um, Not a completely different person, but just a person, their facts and... um, just things that I don't even owe social media and that, that are not relative to my brand. They're personal things I think that people don't understand, don't mesh with your business. I think a lot of times when people think, well, I have social media, so I'm just going to turn my personal accounts into my business account. So I've decided that I'm going to start, I don't know, mowing lawns, for instance. Mm-hmm. And um, I here I am posting all this lawn care stuff on my personal page. All my friends think I'm crazy because here I am one day posting a news article. The next day, I'm posting a picture of my kid. The next day, I'm talking about going on vacation. Mm -hmm. The next day, I'm talking about mowing lawns. And so to them, it looks as if, well, what's she doing today? Or what is he doing today? There is no consistency with it. And I think that you have to separate the two, the two of those first and foremost. But then also, when you have a business, you can't say what you want to say. As much as you want to say what you want to say, you can't say what you want to say. Companies have PR people to speak for them because they can't say what they want to say, even as large of a company as they are. So you as a small business or a brand still can't say what you want to say per se because things that you might think might be offensive. So maybe you need to talk to your mom. Maybe you need to talk to your brother, your cousin. You Maybe you need to sit in silence and start talking to yourself, but you can't say certain things that you're thinking um, on the behalf of your brand or your business. So even when you separate the self page from the business page, there are still things that you cannot say. And I will tell people over and over again, you do not owe your life to social media because I think in terms of branding, people start thinking, well, I need to sit on here all day and tell them what I'm doing. Well, I need to show them what's inside my house. Well, I got to show them what kind of car I'm driving because if they don't know that I'm driving X, Y, and Z, they're not going to like me. That's not what keeps people engaged. It's genuine relationships, genuine conversations, uh, creative content that keeps people engaged. It's not about you driving a hoopty versus a Mercedes. It's not. That's not what it is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that you have to be able to realize that your yourself and your business are two different things, first and foremost. And not only that, but if you decide to turn self into a brand, self can no longer say however self wants, uh, however self feels. Self has to adapt to a whole different mentality. You have to get on a business level mentality. Gotcha. So Mm -hmm. speaking of of self and business, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting off, it takes up a lot of your time, Mm -hmm. right? So how do you, how do you maintain that Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship with your your personal life still, you know, Mm -hmm. balancing that, right? Mm Because, You know, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. And some people who are entrepreneurs, they may have kids and you know, a wife or what have you. Like, how, how do you manage balancing still having a personal life and a business life? Two ways. I think that you have to involve your involve your family and your personal life. So I talk to Alex about all of the all of the decisions that I'm making. Um, if I get a new brand partnership, I'm coming home telling him, "Hey, I just booked this deal for five hundred dollars. We can do X, Y, and Z." I think you know you have to keep exciting stuff going as far as your business goes. You want to share wins, you want to share losses, but don't come home every day with a loss. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> no. That's real. Don't come home every 
date and said, gee whiz, nobody liked my Facebook posts. Nobody. And it sounds so crazy, but people get hung up on these kind of things. And so I think you, even when you're involving your spouse and your kids and everything else, you have to you have to make sure that it's a positive involvement. And to the point of time management, you got to figure out how your day looks. How, how much time are you spending in traffic? When I am in traffic in the morning, I leave my house no later than 7.15 to get to my 9 to 5. When I'm in traffic in the morning, I've already picked out a podcast to listen to for the day. And most of the time, it's a skill-based podcast. So I'm trying to That's learn good. something about maybe lighting and photography, uh, maybe pitching to brands. I found um, it, or a motivational podcast, something to get me moving when I get into the office so that I'm not on autopilot. I have wrote a blog about making making use of your time while you're in the car because you got a good 30, 30 minutes at least right. um, while you're in the car to, to make some moves. And so, you know, that's time management. Number one, you got to get the foundation and the momentum to even do anything for the day. So, you know, take advantage of the 30 minutes that you have in the car instead of listening to trap music or whatever. Hey. <laughs> and, and get pumped with some some knowledge or a new right. skill set. And so that's step one. Um, I take advantage of my lunch breaks. The meeting that I was just telling you about a few minutes ago with the company, I went on my lunch break and said, I ate lunch at my desk. And then I went on my lunch break to this meeting for her to tell me in 10 minutes that she was not going to work with me. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then I went out to my car and I had my therapy session with my mom. And I was like, she needs to be on Donkey of the Day. And then I, I went back to work and did what I had to do. Because you got to stay faithful to whoever's giving you your your secure check. Right. And then after that, I got home and um, I packed up whatever brand stuff I needed to pack up. And me and Alex got on the road to, to Memphis. And that was that. I mean, I had um, edited photos in the car. You know, I'm doing what I got to do to get to where I'm trying to go. As soon right. as we got here to Dallas today, I said, all right, I got to post this picture for this company. Sat down, wrote the caption. Um, Eric and Alex are talking. I'm talking to them while I'm doing this. But you got to figure out a way to um, make sure that you are active at all periods kind of i mean that's good I, it, it, this i mean i plan on having a good time this weekend but i'm also so passionate about what i do do that it doesn't feel so much like work to me mm. um and the things that i know are going to take a little bit more detail i'll save those for a different time and I, I would say this always follow up with people so if i can't get back to something immediately i'll say i'll follow up with you on monday Give people definitive times that you're going to follow up with them and follow up with them. Don't don't have anybody waiting or just out there wondering if this is going to work out with you or not. And right. So, you know, that's kind of to me how I manage my time. I fit it in where I need to. When we go downtown to um, stay at this hotel for this brand partnership, mm -hmm. we've already got I've already got that planned out for the most part. I, I've organized everything. I'm ready to go. So we, I mean, my partnership, my drive down here was a partnership with Enterprise. As soon as we get to Dallas, we said, Alex said, we got 30 minutes before we have to turn this car in. We found a spot on the side of the road, did this photo shoot, and we drove back to Enterprise and turned that car in. So I got my pictures for Enterprise. We can move forward. Nice, nice. So. I just want to just point out something you I heard you say is that you know your your morning routine because I think a lot of people they just wake up and then they're just so frustrated with 
ah, I got to sit in traffic to go to a job that I don't like to be here for eight hours and then sit in traffic going home, right? So I think it's important that, you know, how you start your day, I think it's important for everybody to kind of have some type of routine that starts that way because how you start your day is pretty much how your mood is going to go for the rest of the day, mm-hmm. I feel. So I thought that was I look was forward huge. to it, too. And then I also um, will find YouTube videos, which I'm working on a blog about this now, hmm. finding um, YouTube videos to keep me motivated. So right. um, there is one. It's, it's seven tools for success. And they use, like, a different um, person every day. So, like, they've used Rihanna. They've used um, Barack Obama. They use Oprah, they've used all kind of different examples, and they'll give you just um, seven tips of uh, wor- ways that work for Oprah or whoever. And so some days when I'm like, you know, struggling to keep the momentum going, I tune into something like that, and then maybe that's my tea for noon to get through the next four hours of work. So I think you have to do whatever you got to do to keep moving. I think, you know, if you need your friend to text you at uh, 12 o'clock every day and say, girl, have you edited those photos? (laughs) Have you booked that next interview? Do you have X, Y, and Z going on? I think that's what you have to do because you need, this is a rat race. We're all in a rat race at the end of the day. And I think you need some help along the way to, to keep going because the wheel slows down sometimes. Mm. All right. So one thing that you just went over when you're going through like your day, your lunch mm-hmm. break is you have really good time management. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest part about business is people lose track of time. Mm-hmm. So people who struggle with time management, how do you get better at it or what have you done to get so good with time management? Mm-hmm. Um, I've lost out on a few things due to not being organized. And so I've gotten to the point now where I'm a little bit OCD about my time. I don't like for my time to be wasted. I won't answer the phone for you if I think that you are going to waste my time. <laughs> you know, so the- y'all know <laughs> when, when y'all hit that, <laughs> that voicemail or straight to voicemail. Yeah. And you know what? And I'm going to tell you this, too. Sometimes you don't have time to talk to grandma or mom or cousin that's calling to complain because that's messing with your spirit. That's messing Mm, with your spirit. And you don't need it. And sometimes it's okay to tell somebody, I can't take it today. I cannot take it today. So you can just tell them, I am trying to stay in a good place. Like, I'm putting good vibes out there. I was talking to Alex about a major opportunity that might be coming my way. And I was was excited about telling him. But I was almost like, I want to keep this uh, to myself. I don't even want to tell anybody because I'm so afraid that something might happen. And Mm -hmm. so when I said to him, when I told him about the opportunity, I told him I was like, good vibes out there, good vibes out there, lots of prayers out there. Because I'm putting that out in the universe that I need this to come into fruition for me. And so in terms of time management, I think we deal with a lot of negativity. We're already dealing with like watching horror stories in the news. We're already hearing horror stories in the news. We're already hearing people coming into work saying, girl, is it Friday yet? Right. You know, (laughs) you're already dealing with so much negativity that I think that you have to like, negativity takes up a lot of time. It does. It does. I ain't got time today. <laughs> you know, I, I have people that stop me as soon as I get to the door. Girl, don't you know I had a headache last night? I don't have time. I hope you feel better. Because <laughs> guess what? I got a headache today, but I got things to do, too. I know that's you right. Know? We, we appreciate that. So in terms of time management, 
I say making lists. Um, I use apps to edit my photos. I'm using apps to kind of plan out my posts. Yeah. Um, I'm using my notes section of my phone. I'm using the task um, section of my phone so I can check off tasks that I need to do. I'm flagging emails. I'm making mental notes to go back to things. Um, you know, I think really recording things is the best way to uh, make it, take advantage of your time. So when I pull up my my list section of my phone, it's just straight list. I've got invoice here, this caption here, hashtags here, sweet notes here. Uh, you know how to build how to build a brand new note. I'm grocery list. I've got everything like planned out because I think you you are the manager of your life. Nobody That's else true. is going to manage real. your bills. Nobody else is going to manage your household. Nobody else is going to manage your mental health, your physical health. You're the manager of your life, so you have to you have to put that in order. I like it. You got to put it in order. Ain't nobody going to do it for you. <laughs> Yo, y'all better be glad the soundboard ain't here. <laughs> you going to play the Man, word. Man, listen. Nah, yeah, she is on fire. Go right ahead, y'all. Um, I guess I want to kind of jump back to uh, people wanting to start their own business, right? You know, like mm-hmm. I said, a lot of people want to jump out there, but they don't know exactly who to go to. Like, let's say somebody wants to start a photography business. Like, mm-hmm. They're just like, oh, well, what do I do next? Like, do mm-hmm. I, like, who do I go to for advice or seeking counsel? Like, what, what do you, what are some, I guess, some suggestions you would say on, like, how should somebody go about looking for mm-hmm. the right tools or the right information if they want to start a business? Okay. So if you're going to start a business, first off, I'm going to tell you, make a list podcasts, YouTube videos, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And that's going to be my top five list. So in podcasts, if you want to start a photography business, find a podcaster that has an excellent podcast about photography. YouTube, go to YouTube and find um, a photographer that's doing uh, photography tutorials on lighting, on editing, best software, best camera, um, you know, all that stuff. Then take go to Twitter, find a photographer that is uh, offering up some good resources, some good opportunities. And then next, go to Facebook, find a photographer that's like got some excellent pictures. The way we found our wedding photographer, he was in small town Martin, Tennessee, but shoots hmm. world-renowned photography. I found him on social media. I hashtagged wedding photographers, found him on social media in Martin, Tennessee. And the man does photography all over the world. But people think, oh, I need a big photographer in Nashville or Memphis. You know, no, unless you want to pay some big coin, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But we got big bang for our buck um, with this, with a a very well-skilled photographer in a small town because we did that. And then go to Instagram, find your Find another photographer. Find somebody that you want to be like on Instagram. I know people say don't compare yourself to people on social media, but that is all. That's the devil's advocate kind of thing. Because you can find somebody that you want to be like and look at their strategy, look at what they're doing, and figure out what it is that they're what the what are what are they using? Are they using reflectors? 
what kind of Alex knows, like I will literally go through with my photographer that I use mm -hmm. all the time and I'll send her pages that I like of different people. I'm like, girl, we need to do this next time. You know, I think it's okay to steal ideas because you're never of going course. to duplicate the idea, but you are going to basically make it your own. You're just getting an idea. Right. So I think those five sources are valid sources to kind of start drawing out your blueprint so that you know, okay, if I'm going to do this podcast, I know what kind of equipment I need. I know I'm going to need um, sound engineering. So do I need a MacBook? Can I do it on a um, PC? Like you, right. those are things that you can learn from those five sources in Google too. And so I say, you know, really dive in, do the research, start writing out your plan. I know the old school way is write a full business plan. You don't need a full business plan. You just need to know what you're getting yourself into because the way that you do business is going to be different from the next person and how they do business. So there is no blueprint. There is no fine print in the way we are supposed to do business. The mm. only guideline is to be professional. But there is mm. no like straight up like this is how you do it. This is how you be a photographer. This is how you be a podcaster. This is how you do hair. There is no like definitive way to do it. It's all about like you doing the research and then you reciprocating it and making it into what you want it to look like. Wow. Nice. He ain't got nothing. He's <laughs> <laughs> speechless. That's wow. That's some good information. So okay. Um my God. All right. So all right, let me ask you this. Somebody is wanting to operate in their business, but they have the mentality that they always have to do everything by themselves. Uh -huh. So where do you fall on the whole doing it yourself versus getting advice or seeking professional help? Uh -huh. I think sometimes you're going to have to do it by yourself. Um, I think that my boss, when they called me in her office and she said to me, I can do everybody's job up in here except for yours. And so she, mm, that's real. That's yeah, and that's real. It's a high compliment. You know? And in her saying that to me, she told me she was like, I, you know, I started doing my job when I was in my early thirties. She's been in the same position for about thirty something years. She's doing world renowned research. She is a boss woman. But uh, she was just telling me this information, and I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Anybody who's running any kind of business ought to know how to do everybody's position at the business because you don't know when such and such is going to walk up in here and have a bad day and then you're going to have to step in and, and do his job. You might uh. have to flip hamburgers today. You, you know, I don't know if y'all watched that movie, McDonald's, the uh, the founder on oh, Netflix. With, um, yeah. Oh, who was that? Michael uh, Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah. Yes. But even in that situation when McDonald's was first kind of figuring out what path they were going to go on, like... That he was basically in there making it happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he went in there and took over somebody else's business because they didn't even know how <laughs> right. to make it happen. Right. So he went in there and took over somebody else's business and made it happen. So I think you have to be willing to do everything on. You should want to do everything on your own in a sense, but you also have to know um, what your strong suits are. So maybe like one day Alex came home and I'm over here trying to take some pictures with our with our camera, which has a front facing mirror, so that I can see what photos I'm taking. 
baking, but the photos just were not turning out. I needed his disposition so that the lighting would be better in which the photography would be better. So he comes in, he says, well, just let me take the pictures for you. So I said, you know what, here you go, because I've been over here taking <laughs> selfies for like an hour now. They just ain't coming out right. right. So, you know, I think you have to be um, recognizing maybe this is not the time, the opportunity. Um, say, for instance, I'm getting ready to do a brand booklet, and I don't really have time to design the booklet because I'm actually writing the content and putting all the, the blueprint together. So basically, I'm just going to find a template and, um, and invest in the template, and the template's not going to be cheap, but I know that I don't have time to make it, so I it's a time versus money thing, right. um, so that's what I'm going to have to do. I think, you know, in order, also, you don't want to put... C C plus quality work out there. You only want to put A plus quality work out there um, mm. in terms of your marketing. So if that means that you need to hire a graphic designer, that means that you need to hire a professional photographer just this one time, then do what you got to do. If, the, if you need to hire a business consultant um, to help you rebrand or whatever the case may be, then do what you got to do. Mm. I think sometimes you have to be willing to spend some money too. Um, say for instance, when we went to Atlanta for that brand partnership, it was at a um, five-star hotel and it was booked at the last minute um, the lady and I were communicating back and forth and she said well we can give you the media rate but I can't give you um, complimentary rooms so here's an instance where I could have said well you know what I'm just not gonna do this she can't give me like complimentary rooms but I said okay we'll take the media rate because the media rate was really one percent of what the what the five-star hotel cost mm. and so I think in an instance like that too you have to be humble yourself and be willing to um, invest in your business because I knew I needed a luxury five-star brand um, under my belt to put on my media kit because in the direction right. that I'm trying to go in in the future to do more travel blogging and blogging um, will require me to have some rapport. Right. And I'm not going to get rapport sitting up here saying, well, no, nah, I ain't doing that, you know, because you're charging me. So I think I, you have to be willing Makes to sense. invest. Mm -hmm. That's good stuff. Mm, that's actually a, a good point because I, I know a lot of people don't think, they don't really realize how much money they need to spend in the beginning before uh -huh. they see a return right. on investment. Um, what are your thoughts on, I guess, when you're starting out doing work for free? Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of work for free. Um, pretty much everything. I just started working with brands last August and pretty much everything I was doing in the beginning was for free. So I still do work for free. And that's the thing. It, it never ends. I'll do it in exchange for a product. I don't always get a paycheck from it. Um, my thoughts on doing work for free are you have to have a portfolio to show somebody that you can do the work. And so, mm, you know, it's only you can only tell somebody so many times, well, I'm starting this business when you didn't post it about your children and your wife and your vacation all on the same page. And nobody's seeing where you are actually dedicating um, anything, any sort of time and energy to one particular thing. I think that, you know, you gotta you gotta figure out how to do that right gotcha nice Man. i know i know a lot of young young kids they don't want to because my, my, my nephew has this issue where it's like he wants he wants to do the business thing but he's not willing to do stuff for free to get his portfolio up and it's right like, you gotta understand man sometimes you gotta just sometimes it's worth doing the work Oh, it's always worth doing the work. I mean, even to look back on, um, I edit my own photos a lot of times. And when I look back on 
um, my editing skills from six months ago versus where they are now. I'm like, gee whiz, I can't believe I was that bad. <laughs> but the reason I got better was because I was listening to those podcasts or I was watching the YouTube videos and, you know, I've, I've been playing with the camera to see what settings work. And when I figure out something new, I'll tell Alex, hey, look, it does this too. Because I don't always have time to figure out all the functionalities of my my MacBook or my camera or whatever. I don't always have time to figure out the new updates of my phone and see what it can do as well. So I think, you know, looking back over the six months, being able to look at your own work, free or paid, you're able to see how you advance too. Mm. It's, it's also an opportunity for you to check yourself. It's not just an opportunity for you to get some coins. It's also an opportunity for you to check yourself. Right. So let's do this because um, uh, before we wrap, I do want to um, obviously give everybody an opportunity to ask their last questions. But um, I want to ask you something uh, that I think will help a lot of people. So how would you... For someone that's looking to, to engage in their own business, uh-huh. how do you? How would you advise them as far as like weighing the risk, uh-huh. uh, identifying like is the risk worth it? Uh-huh. Um, I think that it goes back to some of the earlier questions that you were asking about your why, about time management. Um, I think, you know, that's a weighted question when you put it all together and and weighing the risk. What industry are you going into? Um, If you are going into doing hair, where are you going to do hair? If you're going to mow lawns and you live in an apartment... Um, and everybody around you is living in an apartment. Where whose lawn are you going to? Right, buy? right. <laughs> Identify the customer. Yeah. So That's a good know, idea. <laughs> if you're going to run a travel company, um, how many of the people that you know are actually traveling? You know, I mean, say for instance, a lot of our friends that live in Memphis, they don't travel as much as maybe our friends that live elsewhere. Um, mm. You know, just cultural differences of people. Um, I think you know. Go back to your whiteboard and write out all those risks, um, the risk of the customer, the risk of your dollar. Say, for instance, if this is a business that you know is not going to give you um, longevity or sustainability, it's not going to help you retire. You can't manifest it into something else. You can't take it from a TV show to a network to a deal with Apple. Then maybe this is not it. Like maybe if you can't manifest it in multiple multiple different ways, if you can't make a right. tree, it ain't out scalable. Of this, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Then maybe this is not the opportunity for you. Um, you know, I've heard of people doing all kinds of stuff. I know um, a guy who started a peach uh, subscription business in Nashville. Hmm. He said that people start, he he and his wife started growing peaches and people wanted them. So they took advantage of the opportunity and now you can subscribe to get you a peach box, you know, <laughs> and hey. people all over the world get his peaches. He yeah, sends them freshly. Yes. Subscription based marketing. Smart. I know people, um, there's a, another lady in Nashville. She does a magazine. Um, I, I went to dinner with her and there was somebody else at the table. He has a hedge fund. Um, you know, there's multiple different ways. It's just a matter of like, what is your expertise in? Because I also think that people step into fields that maybe they don't have any information, no expertise. They don't even have any anybody in that field to guide them. Don't mm. sign me up for anything that has anything to do with math because, honey, you're going to be all messed up. <laughs> 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 you know, I ain't doing nobody's insurance. 
you know, I ain't selling um, no kind of nothing that right. has anything to do with that because that's not my forte. Right. But if you ask me to be your PR person, if you ask me to be your marketing person, that is what I do. That's what I know. If you want me to speak mm. to the news on your behalf, I got you. I already know what the news is going to come to you with. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. You know, I think you have to, um, to, to identify your opportunity versus identifying your risk, per Love se. Mm. Or, like, thinking too hard on your risk. I, I think, it. you know, what's the opportunity? Right. You know, how, how far can we go with this? It's good. Wow. It's good. You got a question? You go ahead. All right. So, I just want to ask, um, first and foremost, appreciate you. Thank you. Because you've given no us problem. a lot of information that's going to help out a lot of Y'all people. Ready to go? <laughs> oh no no real talk like we can run it it's just yeah, like nah. we're being respectful <laughs> yeah. to, to you because like it takes a lot of energy to do what you're doing too yeah wow, so too. we appreciate <laughs> so I, I just want to ask you um like i said because you give out a lot of information i know there's a lot of women out there need to hear a voice like yours yes yeah. and i just want to ask you is there any particular advice you would give um that would be helpful towards women all the information you've given is helpful towards yeah. women, but is there any piece that's significant towards women that you think would help out? Yeah. I definitely think as women, we have an opportunity to rule the world. Agreed. Um, we have, we're multipliers. Hmm. And so we, when we get married, we multiply our homes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so we do. Yeah. When, when, I mean, we multiply from the time we come out. That's what we do for in all situations. And mm. I think as women, you have to recognize that superpower that you have as a multiplier. Mm. You can multiply your income. You can multiply your circumstances. I mean, you were built to be able to withstand all kinds of circumstances. I have friends that are having kids at home because they recognize the power of what they can do. Now, me, I signed me up for some morphine, whatever y'all got. <laughs> 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 I'm ready to go whatever y'all got at the hospital right. but I think um, for women we don't recognize our super our superpower that we can do multiple things at one time right. I think a lot of times we tell ourselves well I'm tired and if you keep telling yourself you're tired you are feeding into the negativity and you're giving away your time that you could be using on something else um, versus empowering yourself and really recognizing that you can do anything you want to do. When I think about women and what we can do, my sister was performing on the side of the road in Memphis and um, Little Rock, Arkansas, surrounding areas, Pine Bluff, wherever she could perform. She was performing on the side of the road. She was working in a coffee shop. She was cleaning houses in Memphis. Um, she, uh, she was working multiple jobs. She was cooking vegetarian meals for a family in Memphis and, um, and, you know, when you put, okay, that's one, two, cleaning houses, working at a coffee shop, um, cooking for vegetarian meals for a family and playing on the side of the street for some mm. coins. When you put all four of those things together and then she happened to be at Deliberate Liberate Cafe in um, Memphis, Craig Brewer was in there. Um, he is the director of Hustle and Flow, Black Snake Moan, and he's done a couple other shows, uh, Footloose and some other ones. Mm. And so he sees her there every day. 
He's hearing about her around town. She's performing on the street, doing whatever she's got to do to get to where she's trying to go because she understands her why. She understands her superpower. So he gave her the opportunity to be on this show called $5 Cover. The show aired years ago on MTV. Um, and I think it was like on the weekend of all, and you know, that's not necessarily a prime time for a TV. Mm-hmm. So, but he gave her the opportunity to get this national platform. But she went from being in a coffee shop to a TV show called $5 Cover being filmed in Memphis, Tennessee. And then she was in Memphis for a while and she decided, you know what? I need a change of scenery in order to get to where I'm trying to go. She moved to New York. She happened to be out at this club called Tierra Blues one night. And um, the guy on stage had heard of her and he said, we got Valerie June in the house tonight. Come on stage. She was terrified, (laughs) just like I was as far as that red carpet goes, but she was prepared because she had been performing on the side of the road. And she had been working at the coffee shop, and she had been cooking vegetarian meals, and she had been doing all of these things at one time. So when the opportunity presented itself, then Concord Records came along, and she got signed to Concord Records, and now she's flying all over the United States. She sold out the Carnegie in in New York, and all of our family was there to watch that. So when I think about... The power that we have as women, if we would really just like stop being negative and stop um, honing in on the I'm tired or how is she doing that, not me, I think we can really get to where we're trying to go. So there's a lot of manifestation within us if we uh, if we open the box, open Pandora's box, it's all up in there. It's just, you know, it's just tangled up and, and we're complicated beings because we're multipliers. You can't multiply if you don't have a lot going on. So I think, you know, I just think that as women, it is our prerogative to make sure that we are continuing to build the society that we all want to live in, because this is this. That's what we're made to do. We're helpmates. Wow. Mike drop. What a question, by the way. Uh, shout wow. out, shout out to A for the alley oop. That was amazing. That was and an amazing you know what? response. When I call my sister and I complain about the small, th- I don't even call my sister and complain because she's going to tell me I ain't got time for this today. <laughs> I'm trying to write this next song. I got to get this over to BMI. You right. know, yeah. I'm about to go to this dinner meeting with such and such. I ain't got time for this today. So you need to figure it out because you know what she'll tell me all the time? The universe is bringing this to you because you have been basically battling with yourself about this situation and the universe brought it to you to see how you was going to deal with it. So deal with it. There you go. It. There you Ooh. go. Work. So, how about work, that? Jasmine? <laughs> she'll tell me that. Wow. So, you know, and, I, and I've been blessed to have grown up with my mom and my sisters in an entrepreneurship family, but I think I've been very blessed to grow up in an environment where they're all like that. I mean, I'm the youngest of my siblings, and I know if I call any of them and ask them for some money, well, what have you been doing? Uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if I call them and ask them for some resources, it's not going to be, well, here you go. They probably would help me out, but it's right. really going to be like, they're going to ask questions and pull everything they can out of me to make me think hard enough to get to where I'm trying to go to the point where I don't have to ask them for right. anything. I won't be asking them for anything the next time. <laughs> right. so. Teach you how to fish versus yeah. 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 I know how to fish. Yes. yes. There you go. Yes, there you go. All right. So my final question is a lot of people want to be in business or they uh-huh. want to start something, but they don't know what it is that they need to be doing. Uh-huh. They don't know what they're called to do, what their purpose to do. Uh-huh. Uh, what advice can you give somebody to try to find out 
what they should be doing with their business or what type of business should be starting? I think you have to listen to the signs. When I think about my own career, I thought that I was supposed to be a news reporter. And um, my professor actually at the time, um, whenever you're pitching, whenever you're trying to get a job in news reporting, they want you to send a tape. Well, back then it was VHS. They want you to send an actual VHS or DVD of your work. And so she had us build a website and put our information on a website. Well, that website manifested. I built that website on Weebly.com and it manifested into my blog. And so who would have told, nobody could have told me eight years ago that me building a portfolio for me to get a job in broadcast journalism would have turned into me doing a blog. So I think you have to kind of listen to your signs in between the past eight years. I think I've gotten laid off from a couple jobs. I've been in some um, situations where I didn't know where I was going to live next. I was like, well, do I stay in Memphis? I was getting my MBA in this time. I got engaged. I got married. I've had my lost my dad. I've had a lot going on in the past eight years that could, you know, easily tell me to go a different direction. But I think you have to really listen to what um, what or listen and pay attention to the directions that the universe and God are sending you in. Yeah. And so for me, I knew that this was the path because I also prayed about it. I went from broadcast journalism to blogging and marketing, but it's still all in the same arena, if that right, makes sense. Right. It's still like I went from marketing manager, First Tennessee, social media manager, Humana. Um, I went and got my MBA, so I know how to speak business um, acumen and so on. I know how to apply business to the marketing creative side. I kind of like basically manifested my reality that I have now. So I think you have to, when you're trying to figure out what your purpose is or what is next for you, you really have to get still and pay attention to the things that you've already been through. And then, yeah, then no, start like focusing it. on the things that, you know, you're trying, you would like to do. So I think, and then also being consistent. I never, not once in the eight years told myself, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just about to get on welfare. You know, I'm done dealing with whatever kind of, I'm just done dealing with everything. I never told myself in any of those eight years that it was over for me. Right. I never told myself that I can't do this. I just told self. There is no other way because what? Right. I don't have anything to lose. So mm. I think, you know, <laughs> if, if you can't figure out what your purpose is, and get this. So Weebly.com that I built my initial portfolio on eight years ago called me this year and they asked me to speak on their first ever like city conference. And so I spoke at that conference in Nashville, and then they asked me to come to a private entrepreneur dinner. And so and it was recorded, and it's actually going to be released soon. But wow. look how ordained that was from eight years ago. I could have built that website on Squarespace, could have built yeah. it on WordPress, right. anything. Right. But I built it on Weebly.com. And then eight years later, wow. they're asking me to speak at their conference. And they said, well, we found you on our website. You know, <laughs> and we've been looking at all this stuff that you did. And I little did I know, this is wow. a company, a, a billion-dollar tech company in San Francisco. Wow. So had I told myself in that eight years at any point, shoot, I done got laid off from this job. It's over. You know, I'm on unemployment. I don't know where I'm going to live next. Like, it's over for me. Had I told myself in any of that time that it was over, 
I would have missed the blessing and being able to speak on that panel. (laughs) So I think you have to know that it's not going to be some fast, like, microwave process, too. It is a process that's ever-changing, it's ever-evolving, and you just got to be patient and know that it's all going to work itself out. No matter what you want to do, it's all going to work itself out. I mean, my brother started a pressure washing company when he was 16. He's pressure washing fleets of trucks. He's pressure pressure washing airplanes now. He's pressure washing farm equipment. He's still making it happen. And he is still running into business things that deter him as a black business owner. He's running into situations that he's like, well, God, why you keep putting me in these situations? But there's not a day that he's not trying to get out there and run his pressure washing business because he's been doing this since he was 16. Right. You know, wow. And he has gone from cleaning people's cars to cleaning fleets of trucks and so on. And you couldn't have told him at 16 that he was going to be doing that. That's crazy. I think, you know, you got to think whatever you're thinking right now, you have to think what could potentially happen 10 years down the road. Because you also couldn't have told me that social media was going to be a main method of communication um, even five years ago. That's because I remember yeah. when I got my job at first at uh, Humana and I was telling people, I'm a social media manager. Everybody was like, what's that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nobody realized like how much, how much of a strategic job it is. And so... You know, now it's kind of like social media manager is a big role for companies. They've got mm-hmm. whole sectors. But back then, people were like, what? You play on social media all day? No, no, not exactly. You know. Like people Facebook all day. Yeah. So I think when you're trying to figure out your purpose, and that's very hard to figure out your purpose if you think about it too hard. You can't think about it too hard. You just kind of have to. It's almost like when you first started learning about timelines in fourth grade. What is it, fourth, third, fourth grade? And like you make your first timeline on a poster right. board. Oh, throwback. Like, yeah, you for say, real. It is. You know, when you put on there, I'm going to be married at 21. Right. And mm. Kids by 25. Then you look up, you 25, and you like, gee whiz. Like, <laughs> you know, 21, 25, or I know, 24. none of this worked out for me. <laughs> So I think that, you know, it's okay, again, to go back to that childlike nature and figure out what your timeline looks like. Because I know in a couple years, I want to have kids. And Lord willing, we can have kids. But, uh, you know, I'm going to be prepared. I've already started preparing for our unborn children of what kind of lifestyle we're going to have for those kids before they even get here. We already know. (laughs) Because we ain't got nothing to lose. Wow. First of all, uh, let's. I want to. We, we need to insert like a round of applause right right here. Uh, that's the reason I want the soundboard. No, seriously, because you, you have a gift. Uh, God has blessed you uh, truly with a lot of wisdom, um, and more importantly, uh, a lot of real life experiences that that can manifest itself in a lot of different avenues. A lot of people from different walks of life will be able to hear this episode and draw strength from you. And so thank you for being willing to share uh, because not everybody gets the opportunity to hear from someone like you of your caliber, of your skill set on real life issues and real life challenges. And even if someone's not listening to this and not trying to start a business, they can apply this to their personal life. And that can manifest itself into something completely different um, and just happiness in general. So uh, kudos to you just for doing God's work, for doing what you're called to do and and just 
always having a giving spirit. Like truly, that that is that is incredible. And I will say without a shadow of a doubt, minute for minute, pound for pound, content. This is the best episode <laughs> I have ever, ever been a part of. So this was um, amazing. Before before we get out of here, where can people find you? People can go to jasminesweet.blog and you can find all of my social media there. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot more videos and things this year. So I like to take things in strides. I told myself in January I wanted to do more travel blogging and we have been booked pretty much for the past six months. It is a mentality. It's a mentality over everything. But I'll be sharing more inspiration on all of my social media and on my blog. So check it out. Awesome. Well, listen, friend of the show, if there's ever anything we can do as a podcast or as a group or even as family, uh, let us know sincerely. And we appreciate it. The incredible, the yes. powerful, the dynamic. Yes. The one and the only, the incomparable. Jasmine Sweet. Yes. Awesome. Speak between the lines, man. We out of here. We out of here. <laughs>